1: Did you know that 98% of people say that they would attend church if invited by a friend yet only 2% of churchgoers say they're actively inviting reach was started to change this stat to give people a better way to invite reach equips congregations to invite friends in a powerful and scalable way for every check-in on Facebook and tag on Instagram. A donation is made to a kingdom building cause more people hear about church from their friends. And more good is done around the world. It's that simple. Reach is offering a special promotion for Church Planner Podcast listeners. Get your first month free. To get started, just visit Cosley.com forward slash reach and sign up using the promo code podcast.
2: Oh, my gosh. That is seriously the funniest thing I've ever seen. Pete actually did a jib jab in high speed while his voice was playing that commercial. and. I had muted myself because he kept going, shh, don't speak. He's getting ready to start the podcast. But oh, my gosh, man, if I had milk in my mouth, it would have shot out. My no mouth. one understands what just happened. No one understands. So that was rad.
1: We finally recorded one of our commercials because everyone remembers from the MoGiv days. Or should I say that uh, sponsor who will not be named anymore <laughs> because they don't pay us anymore? We used to like butcher their commercial week after week, and every week Peyton's like, Hey, why don't we just, uh, you know, record one? And so we finally did it on the one Reach commercial that we finally did right, right? Because we kept just murdering that one. And so that's what we just played. And so last week, if you listen to the podcast, you were like, you, You heard Peyton go. It was really confusing because I could hear your voice coming through Skype and I'm looking at your face and your lips aren't moving. So this time I decided to <laughs> move my lips. There's, a, the there's a Batman
2: video where it shows uh, Batman and Superman. Superman's like, let's team up. And Batman's like, why? And uh, there's this whole thing. Anyways, Jim Jim Gordon walks up into the conversation. And at one point he pulls his glasses off to polish the lenses and Batman goes, Jim, where'd you go? And he's he's kind of <laughs> stupid. He's like, who are you? What'd you do with Jim? And because and they're talking to Clark Kent about, you know, hey, right. come on. Oh, that's what it was. He's telling Clark, look, where's Jim Gordon? You know, anyone seen him? I'm somebody else. And he's like mocking because he calls Superman Clark. And he's like, hey, hey, not in front of Jim Gordon, you know, to protect my identity. And he's like, look, Clark, we know, you know, and he but anyways, it keeps fooling Batman. It's the funniest stinking thing, and and that's what that felt like was your mouth wasn't moving, and I, I was like Batman, like, how's Pete doing that? <laughs> is, is this from, like, a Lego Batman? No, it actually— It sounds like I a Lego it, Batman. Is that in Lego Batman? No,
1: but it sounds like something you would see in the Lego Batman.
2: No, it's, it's one of the guys who does the spoofs where he dresses up, and he goes— I'm not the one they deserve. You know, they, I, I don't remember who he was. He, he had a really funny video at one point that, uh, that he did. And I watched it, but this one was actually, there was a lot of the F word and things like that. So I'm like, yeah, cause I, I'm a dad. And so I try not to watch a bunch of stuff that, that Liberty can't watch. You know what I mean? A right. well, walking dead, accepting, of course. But that's, that's, well, I don't know. There's probably profanity in that. They don't drop the oh, F-bomb. There is. It's more the flesh-eating zombies. Yeah. That's the thing. You know, munching on babies and stuff. I try to keep away
1: from well, that. I'm just saying, baby meat's the best.
2: Oh, you did not. Yum, yum. <laughs> <laughs> you just lost all of our females again. See, we go through waves. <sighs> and our sensitive, metrosexual, church planning hipster males. Are, are you feeling good because you finally learned what a metrosexual is? Well, we got called it, so I had to look it up. <laughs> we're definitely not that.
1: <laughs> okay, How many boys people and girls, we
2: just offended in the last 60 seconds. I am going for 100%. This isn't even a record for us.
1: We were going to do a, a podcast on our goals. My goal is to get everyone offended at least one time in one episode. Oh, that's my goal. Uh,
2: can we save that for like what do we are we hitting like towards 400 now or at 300 or what's no, our what's no, our no, next centennial? Our, our next one will be three or 250, two, 250. 250. We're not at 250 yet. No, we're at like 238, I think, is this one. Okay. But if we had kept the two podcasts together, remember we like yes. split them into two, then we'd be up like, to three, probably 25. It's kind of like He Man's sort of power. There's one that Skeletor holds. That's you. And then there's <laughs> one that Adam holds. That's me. But I will say this. This podcast
1: is the one that has all the
2: listeners. <laughs> all the listeners. By the way, if you guys have not been listening, thank you for that segue, <laughs> to uh, Hardcore Church Planning, that is our half-hour interview. In fact, that's, that's more like the one if you were new to us, you would go onto that podcast and we'd actually be legit. You'd be like, oh, this is a really good church planning podcast. You would listen to that one and go, oh, he's saved. You you would, as opposed to this one where you're like, can they even be saved? Please is, tell me you have that. Please is, tell me you have that sound clip. I don't have it. Set,
1: fired up. <laughs> but that's what people have actually said. Stephanie is a great example. Are these guys even saved?
2: <laughs> that was her first reaction. She she shared this on the Bible Inner Circle group. By the way, ching, I sent ching. you over. <laughs> ching, ching. I sent you over. Which you can find out more about at com you have to share. There was a wager going on in the ministry Bible inner circle thread, whether or not you would be playing. So was
1: the, uh, the wager did it have a little something to do with. Hi, I'm Scott Blair church planner. If you are anything like I used to be, you probably woke up feeling alone and somewhat isolated today. Wondering to yourself, why isn't there just one place that I can go to discuss the things I really care about, like bear attacks, Sir Mix-a-Lot, Game of Thrones, and even Christology? Well, I'm here to tell you such a place now exists. This is not make-believe. I would not joke about a thing like this. Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones have created such a place. No, no, no. It's not heaven. They didn't create that. But it's the next best thing. The Bible Ministry Inner Circle.
2: Oh, my that gosh. That knows how to throw down an ad.
1: I think the funniest part is I'm so used to listening to everybody at four times speed that I'm like, dude, seriously, get to the point. <laughs> That's rad. <laughs> Which everyone who's in the Bible Inner Circle knows what I mean by that. Because everyone listens
2: two, three, four times speed everybody has their speed too have you noticed this like yeah you can't scrub everybody like hey david four four speed four times speed <laughs> <Easy>. right <laughs> hands down but he's got that like very white like rich you know baritone now there is, and that guy is such a great storyteller I could list I literally he told a 30 minute story boxer kept ca- cutting him off right at 15 uh, minutes. At, Fifteen minutes. And he'd be like, he'd come back on, go, Well, there was my fifteen minutes. <laughs> and then he'd finish his story and it ran over two 15 minute boxers. And it was so good. Yeah. I had I sat and listened to it 30 minutes straight. When on there what's said, funny is
1: everybody did. Like normally when I see something that's like fifteen minutes, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna listen to the first couple of minutes, and if they haven't gotten to their point. I'm gone. But he was telling the story and you were just like listening to it. You were glued the whole way through.
2: That guy has experiences and stories, man. That guy has lived some life. He's got some wisdom.
1: And and so you guys understand what we're talking about. We got this thing called Bivo in a circle. And what we do for part of it is we have what's called a Voxer chat group. And so it's a private chat group. And we've got um, right now we've got three of them. One is for, uh, what we call our platinum Bible inner circle guys. Those are guys who I'm training on how to do all of the stuff that I do, the full blown consulting stuff. So that way they can earn a living doing that while uh, being a pastor. Cause they're not all church planners. Some of them are just in ministry. Some of them are uh, like, we've got one guy whose church. He goes, I wouldn't consider it a church plan. It's about five years old. And we've got about 375 people. He's like, but our people are, you know the uh, the downtrodden, the homeless, the junkie. He goes, we don't have enough money to pay, <laughs> you know, staff. So he's like, I gotta, I gotta do something else to make a living while I'm doing what God's called me to do. So that's our our what we call our platinum Bible Inner Circle, and then we got our, our regular Bible Inner Circle, which is, um, you know, we talk about how to do what we call social media consulting, how to put together online training programs, um, stuff like that, and then we've got the ministry Bible group. And that's where some of the best conversations take place. And uh, you're hearing from guys and gals in ministry, in some facet of ministry, and that could mean that they are uh, getting ready to go out into the ministry. It could mean they are coming off of the ministry field. Um, It's what I would call it. It's a safe place. Like, we're not there to like hammer someone. Like, how dare you leave ministry? Like, I, I shared yeah. with you, we had a guy. One of the guys reached out to me privately and was like, "Look, man, I got stuff going on in my life, and I'm thinking I got to drop out of ministry for a while because I need to take care of my family, and you know, I could use some insight and some some thoughts. And um, it's a safe place. It's a safe place where you know people are able to to bring up these things, and so. So that was Scott putting that together, because we do. We have conversations about bears, which apparently came from one of our podcasts, which I still got to go back and listen to, because I don't even know what we talked about. Uh, we are always talking about rap from the 90s most of the time, like, who's the better rapper? Uh, there's in, So if you're sitting there going, well, I, I don't listen to rap. I'm more of a
2: country <laughs> and Western guy. It's all right. You'll still dig it. I yeah mean, I, I'm into punk, but i I think it is so funny that I'm listening to this thing and and people are talking, and you guys, a lot of you guys know what the other, and and then hearing you guys, like people will vox in like versions of it. like they'll sing it. It's hilarious. But what's really rad i is- I
1: took a picture of my car radio when I was playing Ice Ice Baby, right? So it says <laughs> Ice Ice Baby. <laughs> And I'm not kidding. Cameron came in and like did the whole chorus, man. He was just like, boom, just rattled it
2: off from memory. Yeah, he's a church planter up in Seattle. And uh, man, it is, it is a sweet group. You got everything from a guy who does weddings professionally to uh, that's his Bible income so he can minister in a multi-team church plant. You've got, um, you've got uh, Cameron, who uh, I coached years ago and trained years ago. Uh, he's actually part of New Breed, but he's uh, he's a photographer, and so he's he's upping his his business through that, um, led to tons of leads. I mean, it it's cool to see what everybody's doing. We've seen guys missionally engaged like never before, so uh, it's been rad.
1: Yeah, it has been. Which actually, I will I will I will use that as a segue into my smack talk, which isn't really smack talk. So a couple of weekends ago, we had the uh, Mayweather-McGregor fight. I'm sure you watched that, didn't you, Peyton?
2: I heard about it.
1: <laughs> so I, I was like, dude, I, there's no way I'm spending money on this fight when every single person on the planet knows McGregor's going to lose. Like it's no, no one even wondered. It wasn't even like, oh, we think he's got a shot. No one outside of McGregor thought he had a shot. And even McGregor, I think, was like, just give me my $60 million or whatever the heck he made. And he was like, I don't even care what happens, which would have been me. I will totally let Floyd Mayweather beat me up for 36 minutes if you want to give me. I'll even settle for a million. If you want to <laughs> give me a million, beat me up for 36 minutes. I'm cool with that. If I survive, I got a million bucks. I'm down. So,
2: so, so despite my short man syndrome, I, I can't take hits very well. Right. I have a glass jaw. You hit me. My brain goes, Whoa, whoa. Uh, I I don't want to be around for this. Dude, you can knock me out so easy. Hold on there, cowboy. Now
1: I'm not even going to tell the story. That's, that's, come on. No, no, I won't
2: do that to you. No, tell it with full confidence. I can't anymore. I can't anymore. Come on. Hey, come on, strip down and let it hang out, baby. Church
1: Planner, you were gonna hear a great another one of Pete Mitchell's great entertaining stories. Which let's face it, that's the only reason why anyone listens to me on this podcast. It's not for the ministry insight, but you're not getting it now. You edited yourself. I
2: that is a sign of growth for you, my friend.
1: I, I needed to edit myself. So let me just tell you what the bottom line is. I'm not gonna tell you everything else, but here's the bottom line. I've been thinking that what I need to do is I needed to have like a movie night, right? because I'm not into like the book groups, like some churches they got book groups. they're books I would never read they they're like I'm more of a
2: business book the girl reader. with the pearl earring that just speaks Pete to me. I don't even know what that is. Is that a book? yeah, yeah it's a book and a movie, my friend well, which I, would, I have seen nor read either. <laughs> there was some meme on on Facebook. Man,
1: what were they talking about? It was like uh, it was, it was like Lord of the Rings, and and someone's like, man, that's such a great movie. Do you think they'll make a book out of it? No. <laughs> it was it was hilarious, but uh, yeah. So anyway, America, America. So anyway, my 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 thinking is is I was like, you know what? I'm I'm much more into movies. I could totally do that. Just throw a movie night once a week at my house. But, you know, I got young kids, so then that brings in a whole nother dynamic, and it, you know, tends to make things difficult. And the fact that I am like an introvert on the 50 scale and don't know anybody outside of Peyton Jones and like three or four other people. So, um, so then what really struck me, one of the guys in the Platinum Bible Inner Circle, Andrew Terry, longtime listener of the podcast, awesome, awesome uh, pastor. I noticed on Facebook, that he's doing the mcgregor uh mayweather fight at his house. And I'm like, dude, I'm an idiot. I mm. could totally do that. Yep. I I mean, here's the thing. Jamie and I, we love watching uh the UFC TV show and we like watching UFC. And for those of you who think I'm not saved already, that'll just, you know, put you over the top with me. <laughs> but um, but I, like, refuse to pay for the pay-per-view events because I'm like, dude, I'm not spending $55 to watch a fight. I'm just not. Because I'm, I'm at my core, I'm totally cheap. However, I would totally spend it if I were having people over my house. I'd have no problem with that whatsoever. Yeah. So I think what I'm going to do is every fight
2: from now on out, dude, party at Pete's yeah, house. Absolutely. You know, it, it's so funny because I was moving that day, and my neighbor – came over like a couple days before and it's really cool because he's he's a nerd like like me you know he he likes you know he works at comic-con he's a guy that gets me in he's like Uh, hey you want to come to comic-con and i'm like yeah cool he's like well you gotta you gotta move all this stuff once a forklift drives it off for a day and then i'll give you a pass okay no problem so i've done that you know a couple times and uh it's cool because you're like you're rubbing shoulders with like people that run one of the big wigs over at blizzard entertainment i'm hanging with that dude going that's rad so you know he's like you want a job yeah but i didn't (laughs) forget this church planting business i'm working for blizzard (laughs) i want to go work for video games which (laughs) never mind so anyways what what (laughs) did you just self-edit yourself that's a moment of growth for peyton jones it 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 was kind of obvious where i was going but but here's the deal um he came over and he was all excited. He's like, "Hey, man, the fight's going on." I'm like, uh, "What? What fight was? What? What fight?" <laughs> because I don't have TV, you uh, know. Yeah. I'm, I'm not socially aware uh, anymore. And and so, anyways, that day he came over and he he goes, "Hey, man." He came out like a little kid and he was like, "Hey, we just pulled up the pit." And I go, "What do you mean the pit?" He goes, "Oh, yeah." We barbecued a pig and some chicken, and you know he was barbecuing. He, he dug a pit in his backyard, and dude, it was some of the most melt in your mouth, yeah. heavenly things. And uh, and I was moving, and 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 I told him, well, look, you know, I got a, I got the truck all loaded up, you know, to go into the apartment because the house flooded. So hol, hold on, you know. And Andrew, Andrew looks at me and goes, I've never seen him that excited. You need to go right now. <laughs> it's like. And I went over there and, and it was, it was honestly like, if you really want to reach your neighbors, you do what Pete is talking about right now, or you go to what they're throwing. If nobody's throwing one, you throw one and, and you become the hero of your neighborhood on, on Labor Day. Um, Anna and I, we usually do something on the, on the street. Um, this year we're not, we're being selfish. We're going to, we're going to Pete's favorite place, Disneyland, um, for a few (laughs) days, a few nights. And, and really it, but a few normally, days. Wow. Yeah, dude, we're going for a couple of days. It's only like so, the
1: hottest Southern California has ever
2: been. And you're going, you're
1: crazy. I know what's
2: wrong with that. And, and so what, what, what we do is we rent bounce houses and we do this big giant spread. And we're at the bottom of the cul-de-sac. So we do a giant street party. First time we did that, it was like, and I, and I found this on your street. You throw a party on your street, instant community. Yeah. From the it's like the foundation, throw a stinking party. By the way, let me give a shout out to um uh Hugh Halter's book, Happy Hour, which is basically how to throw a party. The other guy who's really good at that, by the way, is Caesar Kalinowski. Um, Caesar Kalinowski, uh, if you go to his website, he um not only does he tell you how to posture, how to engage, he'll give you like recipes and crap, like, hey, my wife and I have been doing this 20 years. Um, these are things we little little life hacks for throwing parties. You know, building missional community—pretty good stuff there. Mm. So that that's just a, a cheap takeaway. But you know, Pete, it's funny because um, I really, I, I really want to hijack our own. Um, w- we were going to do a different topic today, but again, as has been the case in the last month, we keep just stumbling into our topics. As Let's as get if down to holy the holy sp- really. Here, here's the deal. I want to talk about, and this is Church's, uh, not Church Zero, cha-ching. Um, this is Reaching the Unreached, Becoming Raiders of the Lost art. cha-ching. You've hit on something that is really pretty much the heart and core of that book, and that is when you just allow the Holy Spirit to come through you as you, evangelism happens. You would naturally be operating in the gift of hospitality, which is a spiritual gift, it has a missional focus. It's why every leader in every church, Paul says, oh, by the way, the gift that they must have is hospitality. They must have that gift. They must practice the gift of hospitality as a leader. Their home must be open. They so must be that's able— that's
1: why I can't be a leader
2: in a church. <laughs> but you are. See, what, what's, what's amazing is your evangelism is just going to naturally happen by you being Pete Mitchell. Opening up your home, opening up your living room, not preaching a sermon, not getting all, you know, warm and fuzzy and asking people about their feelings or dropping tracks in a phone booth just by hosting the fight. A big spread, a barbecue, smoking some cigars, watching the fight, you know, because you're not a Southern Baptist swigging some beer and having your neighbors and your community over the people from Luke's preschool, right? The people that I saw at this party. Mm. That's natural evangelism. And the Holy Spirit will supernaturally operate through that. That's that's the heart of reaching the unreached. To be honest, maybe it's that's genuine. maybe that's how we
1: do it too. Maybe because uh, then the next thought here's the thing, guys. If you've listened to the podcast for a while, you know that uh, I unashamedly mention I have a hundred inch TV. It's the world's greatest TV. It's a hundred inches. You just it is. You don't get any better than that, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Except I should have bought the hundred and twenty inch screen. I still kick myself to this day. And I I might actually upgrade to that. Haven't yet. It's a it's a projection TV. It's a high definition three D projection. I mean, it's yeah. It's my own. It's my own home theater. And we've also got you know a big flat screen in the front room. We've got a you know medium sized flat screen outside on our patio. I'm like, dude, if I if I paid for you know the next fight or whatever, you can watch it on all three TVs. You know how many people I could pack in this house, like. People could be watching it in every room. You know, do you want to be outside? Hanging out there? Watch it there. You want to be in the movie room? Watch it there. You want to be in the front room? Watch it there. And then I was like, okay, but I don't know anyone, (laughs) right? Like, I can invite Peyton. Hey, why don't your family come up an hour and a half drive and come hang out at my house? Or, you know, but what you just hit on, I think, is perfect. Because when we did Luke's birthday party just a couple of weeks ago, and we invited uh you know all of his friends from uh what they call TK, which is I don't know, something new. They didn't have that when I was growing up. It's like they spread kindergarten out over two years if you're really young. And uh so I could it was like, have used that man. What do you mean?
2: I struggled in kindergarten. I could have used two years on that.
1: Yeah, I was the I was the smartest kid in there. Um <laughs> but like so Jamie used evite, right, to invite everyone. So we've got all their emails. But that could be the thing. Hey, you know, we're going to have fight night at the Mitchell house. Bring your kids. I don't know if that works. I don't know. I haven't thought the whole thing through. You get a bounce house in the backyard. You hire a clown. Well, the problem is you can't really do a bounce house because the fights are at night. So it's usually dark.
2: So? Yeah, that's not going to work with a bounce house. Get a day glow bounce house, man. Get it. Get a, dude, like, a glow neon, in the dark wristbands. But see, all. then
1: parents feel like they got to watch their kid in the bounce house because they're still so young. Like, these are all kindergartners. Oh. Uh, you know? Yeah, well, maybe a, they use that hired entertainer. TV. You know? Get that Captain America guy, that yeah. sweaty Captain America back. We had Captain America for uh, Luke's fifth birthday, I think it was. Yeah, that was awesome.
2: It was in a heat wave, and that dude was wearing the World War II leather outfit. Let me just say, <laughs> he was sliding in that costume. It was like, the tip better be worth it because I'm dying here. Or as Hoss used to say on Banana, he's about as greased up as a polecat in water. Yeah. So anyway, my point to
1: your point was uh, I like the idea. I mean, maybe I use, maybe I figure out how to leverage that off of Luke's and his friends. Because, I mean, when we interviewed Hugh Halter, I mean, he said kids are just a natural conduit to bring people together. Because you're always, as a parent, looking for, you know, who can my kid hang out with?
2: You know and, and this is the thing is right now I'm training church planners, and I had a Zoom call last night with church planners, and it you know my my thing is always because we're studying missional engagement together in these zoom calls, and I, you know, I just said, you know we were talking about how you how you share the gospel, and you and I were talking, you know, I think it was last week of the week before. About six to eight times, people need exposure, and of course, Paul. I don't think we talked about that the, on
1: the. I don't think we talked about that on the podcast.
2: We didn't. We talked about it outside. Yeah, I'm so pretty sure. So you and I were chatting about how you know, on average, the statistic, if it's true, states that people normally need about six to eight conversations um, around the gospel before they convert, and 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 you started laughing. And you were like, "Man, is that a true statistic?" And I go, "Well, it's the one I read." And you go, "That's funny because that's actually the 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 same in sales. We say that exact same thing." And I said, "Well, maybe that's just how the human mind and heart works." Yeah, I don't there, know. there was a Harvard uh, Business
1: Review study, or it was, I should say, it was published in Harvard Business Review, and it was all these stats on sales. You know, follow up when you call them, days of the week to call, all that stuff. And one of the key stats was it takes – it was technically about six to nine follow-ups to get the majority of people to to buy your product. Right. And that's why I was laughing because you're like six to eight. And I'm like, dude, it's the same in sales. Yeah. You basically got to follow up with people six to eight times. Kind of like those Bivo pastors who are like, I can't believe you're sending me so many emails. Why are you trying (laughs) to get me into your program? Because it takes six to eight times to get you in. That's why.
2: Well, that's, that's what I was talking about last night, because we were talking about all this mission engagement stuff and how Paul says, I sow another waters and another reaps, but God alone gives the increase. And I go, now think about that chronologically. Paul's not saying it's a one hit wonder. And I asked them to go back in time and think about all the times that they had a one hit wonder. And they, you know, a couple of them said, I think I've had one of those or two of those. And I said, right. Describe to me what it's normally like when someone comes to faith. And they all started describing processes, you know, like stories where this happened and I was working on a car with this guy, my neighbor and on and on. And because I said, look, I'm not talking about people in your church. That's not what I'm interested in because my goal was eventually to get them talking about their people. Because I said, look, if you're going to be the rock star in your church, I'm not interested in that. If you're just going to be the guy winning people to Jesus, you will become the bottleneck. What I'm concerned about is awakening Mm. the gifts of the average everyday believer in your church. That's when movement happens. Movement doesn't happen until that happens. So if you're the guy that's that's the guy leading everyone to Jesus, you're the bottleneck of your church. You're not the hero, right? Mm. You need to actually be empowering and equipping them. So when I asked about, you know, Paul's talking about it being a process. I said, now get in the mind of your average believer in your church? Do they understand this? Because if they don't understand this, this is hindering them from sharing the gospel. And they go, so, so it was basically, well, you know, how's that happening? How is it hindering them? And what we began to unpack was when people hear these stories of, of conversions from the pulpit, it's often the one hit wonder story. Mm. And, and Paul, you know, and I met this guy and we told the story, I was outside of a Seven Eleven and blah, blah, blah. What Paul does is he says, no, it's a process. And so what our people do is they hear these one hit wonder stories. They go away and they share the gospel. They they fail miserably in their own eyes because nobody gets saved. The person gives them pushback and they think, man, I'm just not an evangelist. I am no good at this. And so what we talked about was you have to let your people know, teach them what Paul's teaching them here. Teach them it's a process. Teach them about the six to eight conversations. Um, teach them that 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 people need time to process. They need to talk things through. They need to throw out their objections, and that God alone is giving the increase during that time. Otherwise, if you allow your people to think that if it's just say share the gospel and the person doesn't come to grow well, they just must not be interested, and I move on. No, that. Is That is not empowering your people. And so what happens when we have this situation where like you're going, I know what I can do. That gives you the platform to engage in a process of transformation in your community. That's what we're talking about. And that's what reaching the unreach is really about. It's allowing your spiritual gifts to come alive. You're talking about the gift of hospitality. You're saying, I'm not a people person. But I could open my home, and I cannot tell you how many people are not people people that have the gift of hospitality. I've seen this time and time again, and that's what Rick Warren was. Remember that time we had dinner with Rick Warren, and he he talked about that. Hold on, hold on hold, never, on, hold on. Hold on. Let me drop that name again. You remember the time that Peyton Jones and Pete Mitchell had dinner with Richard Warren, Richard P. <laughs> Phineas Warren. <laughs> And and he dropped down for three and a half hours the some of the most amazing insight and wisdom I've ever heard. And he, he told us, he goes, There's people that never lead a study, but what I do is I ask, we don't want you to lead it. We want yeah, you to host it. That's right. He did. Yeah. That's what he was hitting on.
1: I totally forgot about that. Yeah. He um what he did was this is when he was first starting small groups. His uh the pastor at his church who did the Wednesday night service, which had Uh, According to Rick, about 3,000 people a week show up. That pastor just came to Rick and was like, you know what, I think we got to shut this down. we got to shut down our Wednesday night service, and we need to go to small groups. And Rick's point in telling us that part of the story goes, this is like a pastor of a 3,000-person church going, we need to close this down if we really want to reach the neighborhood. Mm. He goes, you know, the mindset of someone like that Is something to be, he's basically saying that this is something to be desired, right? You know, you want someone who's thinking this ministry-minded, not like, I got a 3,000-person church, I'm the big guy, right? Because I do the Wednesday service, you know, how many people have the humility to step away from that, to step away from their 3,000-member church to go, look, if we really want to reach the community, we got to get small again. And so part of what Rick did is he put out, uh, you know, they they... Did their little hey, you know, dog and pony, this is what we're gonna do. Um, we're gonna do these six weeks on I can only remember what the topic was, but it was just a six-week thing. And we need some homes to do it at. If you'd like to be one of those homes, you know, stand up or whatever. And they got those people. And then he said, okay, now we need, you know, some people who are gonna host these. We're gonna match you up with someone who's gonna let us use their home. And if you're gonna be the host at it, all you got to do is. And I love this part because I was like, I could do that.
2: Is you got to put the <laughs> DVD in the DVD player and hit play. Yeah. That's all you got to do. Yeah. And I was like, that's awesome. Yeah. And, you know, not to not to fog our own stuff, but you I mean, shoot, man, the jump goal is jump, 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 uh, the jump goal. <laughs> <laughs> the jump school series seven part DVD. You could shoot, you could show that, man. That whole thing is to mobilize people to church plan. That's what that is. You know, part of the apostolic gift is mobilizing others. Um, this is, this is my passion. Um, we talk about the difference between an evangelist. The evangelist goes out and gets church people or unchurch people into the church. The apostle gets the church people and drives them out of the church, right? In a good way on mission. So. Almost everything that I do is about mobilization. Took me a few years to realize this. And then this year, exponential was like, Hey, will you run the mobilization track? We've read Reaching the Unreached. Um, We think that's, you know, that's the cat. And sure enough, that's the category. Um, It is to mobilize everyday believers to use their gifts because that's a secret of church planning, really. Um, Missional engagement in church planning is Paul coming in, going, I'm going to blow the heck out of Dodge. I need to empower, equip, and raise up others so I can leave. And then that's it. That's ninja planning. That's the secret. So you you can't, for church planners that are coming, they're trying to run, they're planning a church. But the only difference is that it's them in the pulpit instead of the guy at the church it came from. You're not, it's not going to work. And that's what I see church planners doing all the time if you if you do what that pastor did where he goes let's decentralize leadership let's decentralize everything from the guy up front and give power to the people that's when the revolution happens missional engagement that's where Jesus sends out the 72 and goes okay you watched me you were with me then you did stuff with me now i'm sending you out and you're going to go do it on your own that's the power and You could you could do a small group of reaching the unreached. And I don't often plug this anymore. I think we're out of our big hardcore reaching the unreached marketing phase. But Gary Vaynerchuk wrote a book called Jab 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 Jab, Right Hook. And he's basically saying that um nowadays, you know, you give people information. This whole podcast for the last four years has just been us giving free stuff and free content and free training. And that's the jab 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 over four years it's not often that I say hey if you want to do something to like show appreciation or thanks buy my book But that's my right hook that's my right hook that's my pitch that's myself if you want other than leaving like a like or a subscribe or a, a review of the podcast but really the main thing church planners listening buy this book buy it in bulk buy a box if you do that Man, we'll call it even. Um, that's <laughs> literally, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll give you the last four years of content. But honestly, more for the, the sake that if you're listening and you're not putting this stuff into practice, what we're talking about, um, get that book in your hands. That book was not written for you as a leader. Mm. That book was written for the people in your church to activate them, to do exactly what we're talking about with Pete here. Where Pete's going, I could do that, man. I could have hosted a fight. And you know, I think I'm gonna start doing fight nights. That's the difference it's gonna make in your church plan. They're gonna go out there and missionally engage. I wanna see their gifts awakened so that they can literally be they can be the star player, not you. Mm. Um
1: mic drop, Boink. <laughs> that
2: was pretty much what that was. Yeah. Yeah. So buy the book, fight in bulk. Cha-ching. Maybe
1: Peyton, what you should do is do like a six week cohort that we go through in the Bivo Inner circle where you do some training we do some, uh, some talking on the Voxer group. We'll set up a separate, uh, reaching the unreached Voxer group. How do you feel about that?
2: Mr. Jones? I'm getting ready to record that starting this week. Nice. I actually, I've been looking for a camera to, to record cause I don't have my camera anymore. I bartered it away for church planning minute videos. And, uh, Anyways, I, I talked to the guy. I said, hey, do you still have the camera? He goes, no. And he goes, you know your iPhone 7 is a better camera than what you bartered for me for? He goes, I sold that thing and bought a really good one. But he goes, your iPhone 7, it has a crazy good camera. Really? So I'm getting ready to do my own videos on iPhone 7. How rad is that? That is pretty rad, actually. I mean, I'm kind of impressed by that. I yeah. Like that. Yeah, he's like, uh, he goes, which iPhone do you have? And I go, 7. He goes, you have a 7? I go, yeah. He goes, okay, that camera is crazy good. That was Dan Torres. Yeah, I know. I could figure that yeah, out. I was impressed. I was like, all right. So, boom. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm thinking
1: um, I'll probably be getting the uh, iPhone 8 Plus. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to upgrade to
2: the Plus this time. Is that even a thing? It's coming out next month. What? I, I just bought my 7. Oh, you, you bought it too late. <laughs> I always do that.
1: But I don't see. I don't know how it works. Is I had to do that whole payment plan thing because at the yeah. time they weren't just selling it to you outright. Yeah. So I don't know how it'll work when I upgrade because I normally do every two years. But you know, come on, it's tech. Yeah, they're tricksy hobbits, man. They they know how to get you. I I was telling this to one of my assistants. I go, I I'm like the cheapest guy you'll ever meet until it comes to technology. <laughs> and then I just blow money on. <gasps> oh, what Alexa? <laughs> like Alexa right now is like I can't hear you. I'm like I I think it's the stupidest thing I've ever bought is Alexa. And yet it's tech. I got to buy it. Yeah. She can't ever hear you. No, she hears me, but she can't do anything. She's she's no Siri. That's all I'm saying. She is no Siri.
2: Well, Siri and me don't get along. She'll be like I'm so like I'll say um pull up Adobe Photoshop and she'll say something like I found fifty nine hundred Adobe's in Texas. And I'll be like, "What? What are you talking about?" You know, um, she and I don't get get along well. Yeah, I yell at her a lot, and she actually told me off the other day because I yelled at her, and she said that was uncalled for, Peyton. She, she literally not. told me that. Yeah, she did not. She did. I swear.
1: My family thinks it's I might funny. have been
2: saying unpastoral
1: things because you know how you can uh, you can have Siri. Uh, address you any way you desire, yeah. So Siri addresses me as Master Jedi. <laughs> so when I'm like using Siri in the car, you know, because we get the Apple Play on the uh, the talking charger, yeah. She'll be like, "Here it is, Master Jedi." <laughs> Everyone in my family. So she
2: she calls me Ninja Warrior. Oh, does she? Yeah. Yeah. Jedi's are yeah. better than ninjas. I'm just saying. Yeah. So listen to this. Here you go. I, we got way off topic here, but. Oh, well, hold on. My headphones are, are on. Dang it. Stupid See, Siri. How do you,
1: I don't like those. I, I, I can't spend money on those iPod headphones or whatever they're called
2: because I'm afraid I'm going to lose them. My dogs are yeah, going to them. Yeah, they got a little box that you got to put them in. So here, watch. Siri, what do you call me? Whom shall I help you call? <laughs> See, I told you. We don't get along. Siri, what do you call me?
0: You're Peyton, but since we're friends, I get to call you Ninja Warrior.
2: <laughs> uh, and we've devolved back into Hold on, SmackDown. hold on. Siri. I'm sorry,
1: Master <sighs> Jedi. I'm afraid I can't do that. Doesn't really matter. Doesn't you got the point. I hate I, Siri too. Th- th- that's the point I'm making about Siri. <laughs>
2: she is lame. <laughs>
1: But she's still better than Alexa. That's how bad Alexa is. I
2: would end up punching Alexa across the room. Trust me. Yeah. Technology and I do not get along.
1: Technology and I usually
2: do get along. It's just the AI stuff is
1: stupid so far.
2: I I feel like it's the beginning seeds of betrayal for the, the robot uprising when Syria does not work for me.
1: Yeah. So anyway, back to our actual topic. Yeah. Back to missional engagement. Yeah, so uh, drop, drop on me some more nuggets on missional engagement.
2: Well, you know, I think that uh, one, one of the things that, that we need to, to really kind of talk about is just being activated in, in being you. Like I, I remember th- there was a quote, and I have not reaching reach ching, where it says, don't ask what the world needs. Instead, ask what makes you come alive. Because what the world really needs is Christians that are fully alive. And and that has always been a really powerful quote to me. I heard that maybe fifteen years ago, and I had to turn it over in my brain a bit and think about it because it, it was it first got dropped. My my brother in law is a professor at Azusa, and he always is way ahead of the curve. And when we talk, he'll say things that They don't really get mainstream till about five years later. And I've learned to listen to him. Because normally when he says them, I think, oh, that's bull crap, right? Like, that's not real at all. Mm. And then I go, whoa. You know, like he told me years ago, he goes, guys now with seminary degrees are getting jobs in the secular workplace because they feel the way to missionally engage is to go join the business world or go join this. So he said they're not going into churches anymore. Right, they're affecting change at a different level. You know, one person at a time, but it it was interesting because um, he gave me that quote, and it was in that context of people who were say good at business or people that were that were going to go do whatever they did to the glory of God, like Paul says. He's writing to average everyday believers in Corinth. He says, "Whatever you do, do to the glory of God." When you work with your hands, work unto God, not unto men, and people will see your work and give glory to God. And, and these are the things that, that we're still tapping into. But in reaching the unreached, I, I basically was saying, look, I need you to be alive. And there are things that you do. Like, why would you not harness your interests and your hobbies and your passions and your artistic gifts or your gifts in technology? Why would you not take those things and serve them for the kingdom? It it was like my buddy Chris in Texas, who was a a mechanic, a car mechanic who ripped people off for years. Mm. And when he came to faith, he's like, I'm going to fix people's cars for what they can afford as kind of like the guy who says, look, Lord, I've, I've given back all the money I stole the tax collector who comes to him and says, Lord, I've restored the money that I stole from people, but I added interest to it. And Jesus goes, whoa. You know, you're, you're not far from the kingdom, you know? Um, I, I think there's a way to, to that guy was like, I need to use my gifts to fix cars. And he was leading people to Christ all the time in Texas. He actually was, was in, uh, Rockport that just got hit by the hurricane. Mm. And, um, yeah. So
1: I dig it. So in other words, um, which by the way, you kind of reminded me of it when you brought up Hugh Halter, his book, happy hour. So when we were interviewing him, I bought... Uh, he's like, yeah, you know, I I sell it uh, in bundles on my website. Uh, and so I went and I bought a bundle. You know what a bundle was? It was five books. I said, oh. Hugh, why isn't it six? You should have a six-pack. It's called Happy Hour. Why is it not <laughs> a six-pack of books? It doesn't make any sense to me. He
2: needs a marketer in his back pocket. I'm just saying. Hugh doesn't need a marketer. Hugh Hugh's Hugh. Everyone knows who Hugh is. I know. I'm just teasing. But but here's the thing, right? Um, honestly, it, it it's whatever you do, whatever you normally do. Just planner. You got to train your people to think about. You know, it, it's one of the things I hit on in Church Zero, which was gift-driven ministry. You you let the people determine the direction of the church. Now, Will Mancini has this in his Venn diagram for Kingdom Concept. I just blogged about that yesterday at my website. Uh, Peyton Jones dot ninja. Well, this is just the shameless pug hour today. <laughs> but you know, it, it, it basically, he's got like a formula and system. Now, for me, it's a little bit different because I get where he's going. That's for your leadership team. But for me, gift driven ministry was all about what gifts do I have here collectively in this church? Because that surely has to be part of the strategy mm-hmm. of the Holy Spirit. And I need to pay attention to that. Yeah. You
1: know? Yeah. I get it, man. I get it. Well, I think we beat that that one to death. Yeah, I think we did.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, gals, if you appreciate this podcast today, leave us a review, subscribe, even share it. That would be wonderful. Share it on your social media channels. That helps people see us, and it helps us get bigger advertisers. And if you... Um
1: if you are thinking that, hey, you know what, I need to, to get people in my church to start implementing some of these things, um, one thing we know for sure is that you definitely then are not going to have time to do payroll. You're not going to have time to do the IRS compliance. You're not going to have time for any of that stuff. So, Peyton, where should they go?
2: They should go to SimplifyChurch.com, which is a service by planters for planters. And when I say it's by planters, don't worry. It's not the millennials and hipster genes that are going to take forever. I mean, these are CPAs and accountants that are also church planting, and they will get it done for you. They understand all the ins and outs of managing a church. Boy, are my dogs barking? Well, Pete, you're awfully excited about that. But But here's the... You know, it's always something in the middle of our ad. I'm always telling you. Something. I'm telling you.
1: I, That's why the pre-recording is. It's a good too hot. Option. It's too hot for me to leave. Or close my door,
2: which is what I normally do to keep the dogs from barking. Sure and I, and Pete turned his fan oh. off. But but here's the deal. Um, Hold on. Simplify Church. Knock it off! <laughs> <laughs> you so got to leave that in. <laughs> <laughs> Knock it off! Simplified Church will take care of all of. <laughs> <laughs> banking, bookkeeping needs than IRS compliance.
1: Oh my gosh, we murdered uh, that. That's
2: all I'm saying. I'm done.
1: <laughs> Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast